BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about talk now. About now to talk about. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not going to shout now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 390 Wow. We are almost at the 400th episode, and I got something big planned for it, and I actually don't. I just thought I'd say that. Thank you for tuning in to Jen Kirkman's podcast, which is, that is not the name of it. So if you tuned in to Jen Kirkman's podcast, <laughs> that's not me. But you did tune in to No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast. And I thank you. I'm Jen Kirkman. I'm your host. I am a stand-up comedian, an author, a television writer, and a podcaster. And you can find my stand-up specials, Just Keep Living and I'm Gonna Die Alone, on Netflix. And you can find my books, I Know What I'm Doing in Other Lives, I Tell Myself, and I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. You can find all of that. The links are in the show notes. But I mention those not just to shamelessly promote myself. Oh, no, no, no. Because on... You getting that stuff doesn't give me any more money. But I just want to let you know that this isn't a comedy special where there's a punchline that I know I'm about to say, or a book where an editor, you know, went over it and said, that's not a correct sentence. Stop saying like so much. No, this is the real me where I just talk off the top of my head. Now, of course, a lot of planning and effort goes into this podcast. I find things to talk about. I gather all your listener emails. I I think about what could be interesting to chat to you about. But once I start talking, it's like you're hanging out with me in real life. And who knows what I'm going to say. Well, it's not like hanging out with me. In real life, I'm actually someone who listens. But on this solo podcast, it's just me talking. So thank you for listening. If you want to comment on anything you've heard in this, uh, well, you haven't heard it yet, but if... (laughs) In this episode, you will hear things. Uh, you can send me an email at iseemfun at gmail.com and just tell me something. If, if you send me an email, I will read it on air. So if you don't want me to say your name, you have to indicate that. But don't send anything you wouldn't want me to read on air, please. Please do not use the email to ask me out, send me business ideas or scripts. Those get deleted and you get blocked. So there we go. There is a Patreon version of this podcast, and the Patreon subscribers get a video version for $5 a month, and the video version is longer. So there's already been about 20 minutes of this podcast already for the video version, and you get to see my cute No Fun Studio, and I am going for something. 828 Patreon subscribers by 828, which is my birthday, and I'm going for uh, 1,031 by 1031. That's Halloween. And then the big goal is... 2022 subscribers by 2022. Now, here's why you should subscribe. I am not doing a big tour in 2022 or a tour at all. I am going to do some dates in Brooklyn 
and I'm going to record a comedy album. Other than that, there is no new comedy special coming. You will not be able to see me do comedy on any of your devices, but you can see me here in studio. This is truly what I do for a living. I am not living off any inheritance or any kind of whatever money you think I got. This is my month-to-month paycheck. And I need each and every one of you that listen to this podcast for free to subscribe. If you did, oh my God, you'd make me rich. Even if 10% of you subscribed, you'd make me rich. But mostly people do just want things for free. And as long as I'm putting it out, why well, I can't blame you. You're not doing anything wrong. But if you really would like to support me, this is the best way to do it. And I promise you, you get a lot for it. You get unreleased stand-up. There is some more unreleased stand-up coming for all levels this summer. Those are audio things. You get uh, bonus episodes every every week. There is a shorty bonus episode about something in celebrity and pop culture, depending on how much you pay. Um, you get more and more of those bonuses. I do a one-hour bonus every month. And I also just turn, like, instead of doing stuff on my Instagram stories now, um, if I'm doing something in the middle of the day that I think is kind of fun or I have thoughts on, I'll throw up a five to seven minute video bonus for all levels. That's $3 and up. $3 level people, you don't really get any bonuses, but you do just get to support the show. And if you're someone that doesn't want any bonuses, that's how you do it. So, but yeah, so there's a lot. You get probably too much content to the point where I'm going to make you sick of me and you're going to cancel. I should rethink that business model. Anyway, please do join me. Um, The link is in the show notes, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. This is my new business venture. This is how I'm making my living. And I was so against Patreon at first. Uh, You know, when people would say, you should start a Patreon. I was like, yet another thing, but I love it. And, And listen, I hate promoting. It's a nightmare of my life. But I only promote because not enough people have joined it yet for me to, um, you know, make the full living I need to run my business. So I keep promoting until I hit um, these goals, right? So if you are tired of me promoting, it's actually totally under your control. And the Patreon has no ads, no ads at all, my friends. So I got this upsetting DM on my Instagram from a jerk (laughs) Um, because I was doing a fun thing. I mean, it's not that fun, but on my Instagram stories, I was in a tank top without a bra looking cute in my home. I mean, come on. That's some free entertainment. But oh no, some man had to complain, not about the bra-less situation, but I was at home and I was like, you know, I... I'm going to use this minute on my Instagram stories, which are, you know, there was also funny videos of myself at my friend Sarah's house on 4th of July. And I I put pictures. I mean, it is a steady mix of free content and promotion. But I'm sorry, my social media is only for promotion. And anytime you see me make a joke on social media or post a picture of me from when I was a little kid. I'll let you in on the secret. That's part of the promotion. It's some bullshit we were told that if we sell ourselves to you, you like us. And then when it's time for us to sell things to you, you buy them. Now, it hasn't really, I haven't seen the direct correlation between that. But I do find it weird that people actually think anyone in entertainment is posting anything on social media except that stuff that isn't promotion 
for any other reason than to solidify their brand that you are buying into. I mean, it's all promotion disguised as interaction. So that's why I think it's gross and a waste of time. And I'd rather just promote to you guys, you know, and let you know, hey, if you're a fan of mine, I do this awesome thing that you would fucking love. It's like me doing videos from my house and it looks really professional. And I have this podcast that if you like my stand-up, oh my God, it's so up your alley. I want you guys to know about it because I've got 70,000 of you right now watching this. I'm excited to work for you guys. And people complain. I mean, what, you know, people go, don't let it get you down. I go, I'm not down. I'm frustrated at the business model. For every person who writes, don't let them get you down. I go, does that person buy my work? So don't, we don't need the pep talks. Okay, but this is what this guy wrote. I thought I took a picture of it. Hi, Jen. Oh, no, that's a compliment. Sorry. I was like, why do you? Jen, I think you're a really funny comedian, but you do way too much self-promotion. Well, you know what? I wish I didn't have to. Yeah, I know. I know I do. It sucks. It's the least favorite. It's like I hate it. Every time I do it, it kills my soul. Um, If I was just like making millions off Netflix and touring, I'd never promote. But the fact that I have to promote means that things went wrong for me. So thanks for the DM. Anyway, it feels disrespectful to your fans. What? To use your page as a constant commercial where you sell yourself rather than provide entertaining content like other comedians do. (laughs) I love that he thinks they're not selling things. Your page feels like spam. And yes, I will unfollow you. I don't mean any negative energy. Just letting you know how it feels. Certain fans to follow you. Patreon, I need this to pay my bills. No thanks. God bless all of God's children, right? Except that one. Okay, let's talk this week. What am I talking about? How is your fourth? Oh my God. I'm grateful to be vaccinated. I'm grateful to be in a city that doesn't sleep. No, that actually does sleep. But that is... uh, full of vaccinated people, more than other cities. I'm so grateful to feel safe. I'm so grateful to to be doing again some of the things I miss doing, like going out for wine with friends, going inside friends' homes and hugging them and hanging out without masks on and laughing. I'm so grateful. Now, I still wear a mask in the grocery store and in CVS. I don't know. I just... Listen, if I'm going to CVS to the pharmacy... Yeah, I mean, people there could be doing what I'm doing, which is picking up mental health medication. Um, And, you know, no one in line near me needs to worry because depression and anxiety aren't contagious. But a smile is. (laughs) But I'm telling you. 50% of the time, if you are at the pharmacy. You're sick. Picking up your beds. I don't want whooping cough or whatever the fuck. So I put my mask on when I'm at CVS. It just feels right. I don't know if I'll ever stop. I wear it in the grocery store. I wear it inside as much as possible. When I'm around strangers, I don't know who's vaxxed and who isn't. Because that's the thing, right? We're on the honor system. 
And I have a feeling that everyone in masks has been vaccinated and that everyone not in masks has not been. I'm sure I'm sure that there's a giant percentage of that. So so anyway, this Delta variant's freaking me out. Now, I'll talk about that on another episode. I don't know how freaked out I'm supposed to be. I'm following the science. I'm listening to the epidemiologists. But I'm back to if I feel like a little cold symptom, I, I go, could be my air conditioning, could be my acid reflux, could be a cold, or I could have Delta variant. And about two months ago before the variant, um, I wasn't sitting around going, well, maybe I have COVID. So now if I'm a little tired, I'm like, eh, I have the variant. So that's back. But that's okay. That almost feels normal. Like that's a healthy for me. I need, I was like so not paranoid that it was bothering me. I was like, I know the vaccine isn't a magic bullet. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going it, to, it, it, it's like pretty effective, like very close to hundred percent effective of you not getting it and not spreading it. And it's like hundred percent effective of you not dying from a variant. But, but I'm just saying that there's, there's breakthroughs, you know, but I wasn't worried about the breakthroughs before. In fact, I'd roll my eyes at people I know. Not, not immunocompromised people. Come on. You know who I'm talking about. Within reason, roll my eyes to myself, which is really hard to roll your eyes to yourself because you can't move your eyes. Someone's looking at you. You're rolling them in the back of your head. And it really hurts. I recommend not doing that. I recommend silently judging. It's a lot easier than silently rolling your eyes because uh, it's a, I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. So my point is, I was always like, oh, these people that are worried, God, calm down, the vaccine, believe that science. And now I'm a little worried, but I like it. It feels like a return to me. <laughs> I'm always a little bit paranoid. I was before COVID. You know me. I was wearing masks on planes all the time because I didn't want to get sick, any kind of sick. So I enjoy that uh, it feels normal to have a healthy bit of germ phobia around this crazy, crazy virus. So anyway, one of my other anxieties is earthquakes. Now, this is interesting. I, well, you decide if it's interesting, but this is what I've been thinking. I've lived in California for 20 years now. Holy shitsky-ditsky. At the end of this year, it'll be 20 years. And uh, it's really only in the last five years that I've experienced really big earthquakes. Native Californians will go. There is no big earthquake except Northridge and the big one of San Francisco and then the future coming big one. So I will reframe what I'm saying. When there is a six to eight point on the Richter scale, do they still call it the Richter scale? I feel like that is outdated. But when it's a five to eight point whatever earthquake, here in California, a lot of times they're about, oh, 60 miles away to the east of where I am, and they're in the desert. Thankfully, a lot of them have just really been in the middle of the desert where there hasn't been, you know, people living there. A few of them did destroy some little, you know, um, convenience stores. And I'm not saying that like that's a little thing, that's someone's entire livelihood. But I mean, we're not talking about crowded metropolises where things are falling over on each other and, you know, 
power lines are down and there's no water for days and there's millions of people trapped. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's very rural areas of the desert where individual families and people and businesses are affected. But overall, you know, nobody dies, things like that. So when you have a big earthquake about 60 miles east in the desert, that's on the six to eight scale, you feel it in L.A., And it doesn't feel like a six or seven or an eight. It feels like a three or a four, which isn't big, but um, it could feel like a three, four. It feels like more of a four or five. Could I say any more numbers? And so the big one that we had two years ago was on July 4th, 2019. Uh, There was one on July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Those were... Pre-shocks, and I learned from following Dr. Lucy on Instagram, I mean Twitter, she is a earthquake expert. So sometimes you'll have an earthquake, it'll be really big, and you're like, oh my God, everything's shaking, my vase just fell, this is scary. Last for, some of them last five seconds, which isn't long. Sometimes they last 30, which feels long, especially, oh Lord, the one I felt two years ago was about 60 seconds, which is the longest I've ever been in an earthquake. I'm going to mark me down for a didn't like that. And it wasn't just that it lasted 60 seconds. It was getting stronger every five seconds. So I went, how worse is this going to get? I thought it was the beginning of the big one. I really did. And my adrenaline was going whacked. And I remember just throwing everything into a small suitcase. I was like, I'm going to drive to LAX and I'm going to go stay with my family. And then I looked online and there was a massive thunderstorm, the type that you don't want to fly in, <laughs> like rain and wind and this. And I was like, oh, okay. In in Massachusetts where my family was. And I was like, I, I just like wanted to run and flee, but I couldn't think of where to go. And And like half of my brain knew, Jen, it's fine. But that earthquake was a before shock, because everyone was like, there's going to be aftershocks the next day. And then the aftershocks were bigger and you don't know. So so when the aftershocks happen and they're bigger than the quake, it means that the first quake was the before. So I didn't even know there was such a thing as a before. So now when you're in an earthquake in California, you have to worry not only about the aftershocks that might come the next day or a few hours later, but the aftershocks might be bigger. It used to c- console me. Oh, the aftershocks, they'll be less, but there'll be some. And now you're like, was this the first one or the last one? You know, it's, I hate it. I feel like I just said that weird. What I'm saying is sometimes you'll feel an aftershock the next day and you'll feel like things are quieting down. Sometimes the aftershock is bigger. It doesn't always go that it gets big and then the next day's aftershocks are smaller. That's it. So when I knew about aftershocks, I thought, yes, I know there'll probably be more tomorrow, but they'll be smaller. I didn't realize, no, no, sometimes the smaller one happens first because that was the before shock and then the bigger one comes the next day. And uh, not cool, earthquakes. So I felt anxiety about it. I'm getting to my point. Swear to God, last year, I remember thinking, God, that earthquake that happened on July 4th wasn't cool. Here we are July 4th again. I'm in a pandemic, not going anywhere. Hope we don't have another one. And we did. 
the literally the minute I thought that one happened, it wasn't as big, but it was big enough to make me go, don't like this. We're in a pandemic. There's no vaccine. The hospitals are full. If anything happens, we're all going to die and get COVID after we die. (laughs) And so when something like that happens twice, the anxiety starts to set in. Now, I thought I had earthquake anxiety because I have anxiety. I didn't think it was earthquake anxiety. I thought it was Jen's anxiety. I read an article about a month ago that said earthquakes are like an issue in mental health. People who don't already have generalized anxiety disorder can have earthquake anxiety. It's its own thing. Such Same with global uh, warming, climate change anxiety. And it made me feel better. I went, oh, so this is its own kind of anxiety, which makes sense. And I have anxiety already. It doesn't mean I have double the anxiety. It just means that this is real. Like it's very unnerving to have the ground move and not know when it's going to move again. Some people don't mind it. So duh, they wouldn't have the anxiety. So I made it up in my mind that I cannot be in California for July 4th. Cannot. Gotta, Gotta go do some, go see my family. Maybe I'll go to New York. But everyone I knew in New York was going to be away for July 4th. And I thought, well, whatever, I'll go visit my family and then I'll just go to New York and hang out in New York by myself. And then my brain just kept going, Jen, you don't want to go to New York and hang out by yourself. Like, go see your friends that you haven't seen in two years. What are you doing? And then my brain went, well, I'm trying to stay safe from the upcoming July 4th, 2021 earthquake. And my brain went, Jen, you do not have any information about if there's going to be an earthquake. You are doing that avoidance thing that people with anxiety do, very normal. Now, listen, Dr. Lucy says, look, if you don't want to live where the big one's coming, please move out of California within the next 30 years because it is happening. It could be tomorrow. It could be year 29. So in that sense, you know, that's a healthy avoidance. And and uh, that's why I'm not going to buy a house in California and settle down here because I don't want to be part of the big one. Now, cut to me buying a house in Massachusetts and I don't know. You know, there's a nuclear oil spill. I mean, listen, we can't predict and outrun disasters. But one thing that I do know is earthquakes aren't my jam. I know there's a risk anywhere I live of anything at any time. I travel a lot, so maybe I I would live in California and just wouldn't even be there for the big one. See, I'm not worried about like property damage or owing money. I mean, that would suck too, but I just don't want to be in it. So I think that's like a really reasonable thing to be like, eventually I don't want to live here. But the July 4th thing, I mean, that was, and I was dreading the trip because I didn't really want to go then. That's not what I felt like doing. I actually felt like staying in town on July 4th. Not for any reason to do with the 4th, but I wanted to get some things done. And I knew with, you know, these days off, that nothing would suddenly come up that I had to do, such as, oh, you know, my other podcast, Anxiety Bites, which is now the new launch date is October 6th. I'll, I'll tell you more about it. It was supposed to launch in August. But, you know, no one from that podcast company is going to call me and go, oh, you suddenly have an interview on the books, right? There's no audition that's going to come in. There's no 
anything. It's like, I have these four days free. I can get some stuff done. I feel like being home. So like a big girl who handles her anxiety, I said, I'm postponing my trip. So I rescheduled everything. Didn't cost me a dime, as you know. Got those jet, blue, travel bank things from all the trips I've canceled in the past during COVID. And um, you don't have to pay late fees or change fees or anything. So now I am going in mid-August, which is when I feel like going, the week before my birthday. I will go see my family for a couple of days, see some old friends back in the Chusets, and then I will go to New York City and see people I haven't seen in so long. That feels like the right decision. It's not in the mood right now to travel. But what was so interesting is in the past two weeks, there have been earthquakes. Now, I live in Studio City. There is a town next to mine called Sherman Oaks. It is literally on the border of Studio City. Um, I don't know. It's two miles away, one mile away. There have been two earthquakes in the past two weeks where the epicenter, that means where the earthquake originated. So like the ones I talked about in the desert that were sixes, sevens, and eights. The epicenter of the earthquake was there. That's why it was so devastating for the people that owned their little convenience store. That's why it was pretty demolished inside because they had their land on the epicenter. And that's why I only felt shaking and quaking that did no damage 60 miles away because I was not at the epicenter. I was just getting shockwaves or whatever it's called. The epicenter of two earthquakes were in my neighborhood on the July 4th week. So I turned out not to be wrong, but they were 2.0. And I didn't feel either of them. This is the other weird thing. I am the earthquake whisperer. I'm like a dog or a cat. I feel it coming before it comes. I will wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, why did I just wake up? And then five minutes later, there'll be an earthquake. And I'm like, And I will go to Twitter, which is earthquake Twitter is my favorite thing. As much as I hate social media, the best part is going to Twitter and going, y'all feel that earthquake? And everybody's awake and going to Twitter. It really is a sense of community. But I went to all of the earthquake apps. And the reason I woke up was not because it's not like I felt a little one in my sleep. And then there was one five minutes. No, the first one was the one I felt five minutes after waking up. So... It's like a sixth sense. So now, of course, as someone with anxiety, I like to make declarations that aren't true. Oh, well, I always wake up right before an earthquake. I can tell when there are earthquakes, you know. But I slept through both of these Sherman Oak Oaks quakes. Sherman Oaks quakes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jen Kirkman for Sherman Oaks quakes. Not oat quakes. No, 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 no. If you want, no, that would be great, is I do commercials for something called Sherman Oats Flakes. I finally land this big commercial. Oh, the residuals are going to be amazing. The commercial is going to play during the Super Bowl. I'm going to make a million dollars and be set for life because of all the residuals. And then I'm just going to become the Sherman Oats Flakes lady. Hi, are you a busy mom? 
I'm not, but I still love Sherman Oats Flakes because I'm a busy podcaster. And you know what? I need something that's going to keep me going because I talk for an hour at a time about absent. What? No, no, no. I'm not. I am doing the ad, but I'm. Okay. Take two. Okay. They, sorry. They, they thought I was advertising my podcast in this Sherman Oats Flakes commercial. I wasn't though. You, I'm not a busy mom. So I was telling them what I do. Okay. All right. Hi, I'm Jen Kirkman. Are you a busy mom? I'm not, but I am a busy non-mom and I've got my own self to take care of. And Sherman Oats Flakes really helps me Wait, can I try that one again? Yeah, I just was in my head. Um, hi, are you a busy mom? I'm not, but let me recommend Sherman Oaks Quakes. I, What did I say? I said Sherman Oaks Quakes. Oh, it's because there's been a lot of earthquakes in my neighborhood, and I'm freaking out about the big one. Um, so let me t- take it again. Okay. Hi, are you a busy mom? I know a lot of busy moms, and they love Sherman Oaks Quakes. They love... Did I do it again? Listen, everybody, buy the fucking oats. But let me tell you this. No oat can save you when there's a Sherman Oaks quake because you need hot water to make these oats. And if the water lines are down, we're fucked. Do you understand me? And if the electricity is down, how are you going to boil it? And if the gas lines are down, forget it. So I don't know. Maybe buy power bars instead because honestly, oh, what do you mean? I, what do you mean I'm fired? <clears throat> Well, that was a fun little run, wasn't it? Anyway, Sherman Oaks Quakes. I slept through both of them. They're at 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. both times. From what I hear, they were fast little jolts. I don't like those ones. I don't like any of them. They all have their own reasons for being terrifying. So I don't know. Maybe I'm turning over a new leaf where I sleep through earthquakes now. I don't even want to think. Let's not tempt the earthquake gods, shall we? But I had a great 4th of July. So, you know, I'm not a fourth person. And as you know, remember, I told you a few months ago, I was dreading it because President Joe Biden, and I love my president. I'm riding with Biden. But he was like, oh, my God, we're all going to be vaccinated. You know, he didn't say it like that. Guys, oh, my God, we're all going to be vaccinated. But he had a vaccine goal. I don't I think they just missed the mark by a little bit, but. He was saying this July 4th will be, at the very least, so different than last July 4th. You know, so many less people will be dying if you get vaccinated. So many less people will be sick if you get vaccinated. And we'll be able to enjoy it with our families or whoever you enjoy the July 4th with. And I was like, oh, God, this year is going to be so annoying. It's going to be fireworks nonstop all week. Well, I kept saying, I don't hear any fireworks because I guess the place I live in is pretty god dang soundproof. I had all the windows and doors shut and the AC going because we were having a crazy heat wave. And uh, so I was like, I don't even hear any neighborhood fireworks, but I really don't think there were any. I don't know if any, any if everyone in my neighborhood went away. Who knows? But I didn't have any plans for the 4th. Except to do my friend Will... Anderson's podcast, my friend Will Anderson, Australian comedian. He's in Australia. I did an episode of his podcast. We taped it on July 4th, 5 p.m. my time. And uh, I think that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Might might be out already. If it is, I'll put the link in the show notes. If not, uh, then I won't. How's that sound? Anyway, so talking to Will and I was like, 
you know, he asked me to do it that day. I was like, that is my 4th of July, but I will do it for you. And he was like, oh, that's right. I know you're going to be at a pool party. You know, I'm really taking you away from your lifestyle. But I did actually go to a pool party, but it was a non-party. So my friend Sarah Colonna has a pool. And she was supposed to go somewhere on July 4th, uh, just to a friend's house, way, 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 way across town. And I was like, is you crazy? I was like, if you're going to drink, I know Sarah always is very responsible, takes Uber. I go, the Uber rates are going to be through the roof. You're going to be all the way across town, the part of town where the professional firework displays are. And I'm like, it's going to be crowded as F, Uber rates sky high. What are you doing? You got a pool at your house. Stay home. Now, Sarah's husband is out of is out of the country for his job. He's a football player in the Canadian League. I'm probably saying that wrong. Now, her husband is more of the party planner. Like, he's on the grill. Now, he's not a grill person. We're not talking about, like, basics who are like, I love grilling. Like, not that. But I mean, just like he knows how to cook. He's a cook. I mean, he's not a perfect. You know what I'm saying? He's the party planner. He's the one decorating for Christmas. He's, he's like, and it's so funny because when you know a couple for so long, you forget, it seems like the couple does everything. And then without her husband, John there, I was like, oh, he's the one that does everything. And it never made me love my friend more. Like, I just love, like, she's like, do you and our friend Chris Frangela and his wife and their daughter, they came over as well. And Sarah's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to use a grill. I don't even want to deal because I don't want to clean it. Like, there's no grilling. I'm like, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm a vegetarian. And by the way, July 4th is my vegetarian anniversary. When I was 13 in 1987, I gave up red meat. Haven't eaten red meat since 1987. And I was having a drink with my friend Lisa Delirio, a hilarious comedian. And she stopped eating meat when she was 10. And we're both the same age. And we do get the compliments that we have nice skin or we look young for our age. And we were thinking maybe it's the red meat thing. Because I don't know, because we both were like, we don't drink that much water. We totally smoked, you know, I don't know, genetics, but also like maybe the red meat thing. So, I mean, I have eaten fish, whatever, and I don't eat poultry either. Look. So I'm like, Sarah, I don't give a shit about the grill. I don't need a veggie burger. Like, who cares? And she's like, I'll just have a little bit of food. And I was like, do you want me to bring fun sides, like macaroni salad, potato salad? You know, I'll, I'll just go to the grocery store and get it. And she's like, that'd be great. So I go to the grocery store, I get potato salad, macaroni salad, all kinds of like pasta salads, you know, for the, that, that nice, like light, whatever. Now, our friend Chris and his wife have a kid and the kid was going to nap all afternoon and I had to leave to be home by five to podcast with Will and so it was an 11 a.m. party. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life because I'm not drinking. There's, there's no like temptation to drink. I mean, I get a mimosas or whatever, but, you know, I take my meds in the morning, so I don't like to drink right after. So I just came over with a big iced coffee, which is I don't like iced coffee, but I made an exception that day. Throw a pump of chai in there. It makes it a little more palatable for me. I bring the the salads I bring popsicles. I bring strawberries and blueberries with whipped cream. That's your red, white, and blue dessert. I mean, I'm a fun guest. I even brought all of my mixings to make mocktails. And I made my friend Chris's daughter a fake 
mocktail. I mean, a mo- not a fake mocktail. That would be a cocktail. I made her a cocktail and I said it was a mocktail. It was hilarious. No, but I said, do you want uh, a fun drink? And her mom, my friend was like, yeah, make her one. So I didn't put the, there's a thing called seed lip, which is a uh, non-alcoholic. It's not even non-alcoholic alcohol. It's like a fermented beverage that you use instead of alcohol, but I didn't put that in. But I did ginger ale. It's this kind of uh, Seagram's ginger ale called like bold. So it's got a little bit of a kick to it. A little ginger ale, a little pineapple juice, a little bit of lime juice. I put fresh grapefruit, fresh lime, cucumbers, and a blackberry, like little tiny pieces of fruit cut up. Put it all in a shaker with ice. Poured it over ice in a little gold plastic cup with gold flecks that I brought over. And they're like, she's never had a blackberry before. Now, I don't mean the fruit. I put, I had an old blackberry from like the early 2000s. I put that in the drink and they were like, this is amazing. Because it it doesn't matter if you put a blackberry in a drink, if it's, you know, the battery's long been dead. But they, she was like, that is creative. And I was like, thanks. So anyway, but she was, she was like, it was so cute. I mean, you know, I'm not a kid's person, but there's a few kids in my life that I'm like, these kids are fucking dope. And I don't know if it's because they're my friend's kids that it makes me love them. I feel like I would love these kids anyway, but that's probably not true. That's what parents say. No, no, no. It's not because it's my kid. I would love them anyway. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's not because it's my friend's kid. And I see the best qualities of my friend in the kid. And I just, you know, love everyone. No, no, no. I think I'd like this kid anyway. Yeah, get get, get out of here. Um, I give her her little drink and she's just sipping it. And looking up at me and like, I can tell she's like, this lady's fucking cool. She's just smiling. Give me a little wink. And I'm like, me. it was so fun to do. See, that part's fun. When you don't have to do anything else with the kid, but make them fun drinks. So I then I made myself a mocktail. What a day. But what I loved is I get there. I'm like, Sarah, where's the setup? What's, what, what are we doing here? And she's like, there isn't one. I told you. And we're just sitting outside by the pool. And then at one point she drags over this bench and she comes out, just throws a bag of chips on it. I go, that's your party. I mean, it was like a Charlie Brown Christmas, but worse, but I loved it. I was like, I've never loved you so much in my life as I have right now as a friend that it has totally been revealed that your husband does everything and you threw a bag of chips at us. This is incredible. This is, this is where feminism is at its peak. No, it's not even a gender thing. It was just, I love being so close with people that they really don't need to make an effort and they just throw a bag of chips at you. And I was like, this is great. But I'm kind of, you know, I don't have a a big house where people come over. So I like to make every little thing a party. So I was happy to bring over the sides, you know, I'll make her buy me dinner one night and just have all that stuff. And uh, of course, I took them back with me. Listen, I brought them over, but it was perfect. There was no fireworks. There was no nothing. We just sat by the pool, chatted, talked shit. You know, we put on the, uh, like, it was like all 70s easy listening music. Get the Credence Clearwater. I mean, it was the perfect 4th of July. I think it was the best one I've ever had because it was me and my two really close friends, two of my closest friends on earth who just, man, we all get each other. And it was great. And 
And I love that my friend Chris is is just really has like only women friends. Like it's he's just a gem. And we had a great time. Then I was like left by 3.30. It's so great to like come back from a party and not be A, like drunk or hungover or tired. Uh, once home, I made myself, you know, in the evening, a little margarita with some of the fruit that I'd mixed up earlier. Hopped on the computer, podcasted with my friend Will. I was like, this was a perfect day. I had that nice sleepy feeling when it's hot and you've been outside and you're like, I see no reason why I don't get in bed at 9 p.m. right now. So, But then I was like, well, I can't believe I haven't heard any fireworks. So I opened my sliding doors onto my balcony and I was like, oh, I hear them. It sounded like Fallujah. I mean, it was like a war. But with all of the... So I'm hearing them from every single neighborhood. You know, I'm getting it on all sides, but I couldn't see any. I thought there'd be some in the sky. I guess I could... I had to have... There was people on my roof that were... um, There's snipers I hired, but besides the snipers, there was uh, people watching the fireworks on the roof. And I could have gone up there, but I didn't really need to see any. I just want... I mean, like, if I could see them by standing on my porch and looking out, great. If not, I'm not making an effort. I'm not into fireworks. The noise is just so stupid. Um, If they were noiseless, I'd be like, that looks cool. But I also don't like those... You know those weird laser things that's like kind of depressing. People do it at Christmas at their house. I'm sorry for it. I, I talked about this before and people were so mad. They're like, we do that at our house. Like those weird lights that you put on your lawn and it it makes some kind of reflection or print on your house. I just hate the way that looks. Anyway, so I climb into bed and for some reason I open the window a little. I'm like, well, if there's going to be this noise, I need to know about it. I don't know why. I really don't. But I had my fan on. So it wasn't too bad. Like, again, pretty soundproof where I am. I don't have a dog. Can I say something that sounds awful and you'll forgive me? This is going to sound really awful. And I'm going to get hate mail. I think fireworks are stupid. And I think they're really... um, obviously triggering for people with PTSD that have actually been in wars. I mean, let's be honest what fireworks represent. They represent our national anthem and the rocket's red glare. I mean, it's like a bomb. It's a uh, militaristic kind of celebration, right? So it's PTSD for, for vets, veterans. It's PTSD for animals. They get really scared. And my friend Morgan uh, Murphy has put on Twitter that she made this little closet like kind of little soundproof area in her closet for her dog and put a little dog bed in there because she's like, my dog's going to hide in there anyway. So I enjoyed her preparation. And I thought to myself, everyone on Twitter is like, I hate this. My dogs are freaking out. And like, while I'm on their side, I'm also like, but you know, this is going to happen every year. So is there a world where you can like shut all the doors and windows, put a fan on a white noise machine uh, a weighted blanket for your dog, or I, I don't know. And I'm like, why do people don't have money? I don't, know what I, I, I don't know. I'm just always like, I get it. But I'd rather see someone be like, I did all the prep that you can possibly do, and my dog can still feel and sense the fireworks. Plus, I had to take the dog out to pee, and the neighbors were lighting off things. I mean, that I get. But it sort of reminds me of in, like, in Massachusetts when people are like, ugh. Well, my car broke down in the snow because I don't have chains on the tires. I hadn't put them on yet. I'm like, you didn't put them on yet in December? Well, I'm just, maybe that's why the, you know, 
you do know it's going to snow every year. So I did not have this prepare. It's like me with the earthquakes. I got three kits, people. Three kits. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a cunt. Maybe I'm being a cunt. Maybe it's Maybelline. Oh, God. Jen, that joke is so dumb. Um, I've screwed up my Patreon shout outs this week. So I'm sorry. There aren't going to be any this week. But everyone that has uh, subscribed to my Patreon that wants a shout out, you will get one in the month of July and first week, August. And even if you unsubscribe, you will still get your shout out. But I can't do them this week because I've screwed up the list of names and I have to reorganize it. Don't hate me. Now, let's just end this episode on some listener emails really quick. See Dixie. A few episodes ago, I talked about people who, uh, well, not people, but the dumb sign that says drive like your kids live here and how I do not like. Someone wrote, Jen, I feel the exact same way about those signs. Drive like your kids live here. Maybe your kids should drive like I drive. Wait, maybe your kids should live like I drive there. What if the sign could say drive like your kid is getting circumcised in your back seat or drive like you have a kidney stone and every bump you go over is as excruciating as the last one or drive like the sound of Morgan Freeman's voice, slow and silky. Free feel, feel, Jesus, feel free to say my name if you read this, Jonathan. Jonathan, I'll say your name because it was a very funny email. You deserve your accolades. Jeff writes, Jen, please go to the not a Nazi psychiatrist. Oh, I have an update for you. Uh, I decided not to go to the not, so a few episodes ago, I talked about how my psychiatrist is retiring. We had our last session. It was very sad. And maybe I'll talk about it on another episode. Um, after I talk about how it goes with the new psychiatrist, I'll talk about that. But basically, uh, one of the reviews I read on Yelp was somebody wrote, this doctor is not a Nazi. Now I know that was probably a joke. I know that they probably meant like, you know, the way we all say Nazi to mean anal retentive or strict, I, whatever it is. I know that it was colorful language, but I made a bit out of it on an episode a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it was like there's actual Nazis here in America these days and always. And uh, it's important to know if your doctor is a uh, person who supports genocide. But but in all honesty, I had an appointment with my acupuncturist and he told me that one of his patients was refusing to get the vaccine. And one of his patients goes to some kind of holistic doctor who said, uh, don't get the vaccine. It's not natural. And my acupuncturist who is, practices the art and science of Chinese medicine is also into things like vaccines. And he was trying to tell her that she should probably get it and that it's not dangerous. And uh, she resisted. And then this patient of my acupuncturist, let's call her Sally. Sally went back to her holistic doctor and she said, well, I didn't get the vaccine still. And he said, good, because the way the government is making us get them is like Nazi Germany. And she, something in her brain, the part of her brain that still functions in a cognitive way went, that's wrong. This, no, that's not what Nazi Germany was about. It wasn't about people getting free vaccines and being taken care of by the government and science. No, 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 this is wrong. Oh, wait, his entire opinion is wrong. Okay, no, I'm getting vaccinated. And it snapped her out of it. So when he told me that, that story, I thought, 
I don't like that I just saw the word Nazi in this Yelp review because I'm worried that this psychiatrist might be anti-medicine, which a lot of people are nowadays equating medicine and science with Nazism. So I went back and looked uh, at the more Yelp reviews and they were all like, I love her. She talked to me about alternative treatments besides meds. And I'm like, nope, not doing that. You know, I'm into health, nutrition, exercise, meditation, prayer, spirituality, being of service. God damn it. My video just shut off. Hang on. Well, the video just shut off. So, sorry, Patreon subscribers. I'm ending this episode here then because the camera got too hot and I really want to punch someone. Anyway, I decided that this woman might be a holistic psychiatrist and I would like to still take my antidepressants. So, I am not going to not a Nazi. I found a guy. And all of the reviews were like, he believes in medicating people. He also believes if you need an adjustment on your meds and want to go off of them or tweak them in any way, he can talk to you about it. He's like a normal psychiatrist that does the kind of full body approach where he wants you to also be in talk therapy. He wants you to take care of yourself. And if you need medication to stay at sea level, that's what he got a degree in, and he can prescribe. Why would he not? So I'm going to have a first appointment with him uh, coming up. So maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode. But I will not be going to the Nazi, and I think that's for the best. Or I'm not going to the not a Nazi. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm no longer curious in terms of doing a bit on this podcast about that. Not worth it. Um, okay. Well, you all are a delight and I will see you next week. There will be new episodes all summer long. Again, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Um, this week you can write, I love Jen. She is not a Nazi. That would be great. She is not a Nazi and she's vaccinated. You could write that. And, um, Again, join that Patreon, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. This week, I'm going to be talking about uh, in the $5 bonus, I mean, I'm sorry, in the 20-minute bonus episode for the second week of July, subscribers at the $10 level um, can access that. That would be their second short bonus of the month. I'm going to be talking about the Courtney Love scandal where she thinks someone stole the cover of her live through this album. And as well for the $10 level, there will be a one hour bonus episode coming this month. I haven't decided what it is yet, but it will be coming towards the end of the month. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. It is a joy to be with you. And until next week, have fun. Hold up. 